Welcome to Collective Podcast. We have Gerard speaking. We have Joe, our new normal addition to the Collective Podcast. We have Christian, a three-year collaborator, friend, and fellow companion. And then most importantly, the best guest on here, the one and only Johnny Knockout. Johnny, how are you doing today? Oh, that's so sweet. Now, the only thing I can make that better is a plate full of brownies right here in my hand. So I can make everybody in this gym jealous. I'm at, uh, I'm at, the, I'm at the, the world-famous Santa Monica Stairs. Technically, it's the city of champions here in Florida, but they recreated the Santa Monica PS steps. I don't know. I've never been to it. Maybe one day. But I, I'm good, oh. man. I'm good. I'm in, I'm in uh, my home, the gym. I thought, what better place to uh, do this than right when here? You're not in a, when, when you're not in a ring, how often would you say you're in the gym? Every fucking day. I can imagine. How, yeah. how, uh, how, how long is usually your, your workout? Two to three hours. Oh, Jesus. Not, not, not including cardio. Yeah. Jesus, huh? man. I got guns to build, baby. Yeah. The first yeah. time I ever saw you, Russell, I, I doubt you remember this. You did a fatal four-way match at some Ricky Think uh, indie show in either Union or Union City, New Jersey. And uh, we saw this jacked-out jacked out guy come out, um, all tatted out. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. And I didn't – and like a stupid mark, for some reason, I ended up asking you about Mason Ryan for whatever reason because of FCW at the oh time. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't – well, some rinky-dink place uh, having a wrestling show. That really narrows it down. I don't know. Uh, Fatal <laughs> I, I'm thinking it wasn't Bushwick, Brooklyn, was it? No, it was in New Jersey. Uh, oh, Jersey. Uh, oh, Jersey City. Yeah, right around that area. I think that was like um, a tag match. I think that was a tag match. I remember it. Though. You were at that show? I remember that. I was at least one of your shows. Okay, um, cool, man. How many years and in you- the business now are you in the, in, in the wrestling business? 13. 13. Yeah, Every, uh, 13. Do you get more recognized now for your WWE extra work or from your MTV appearance from like a millennium ago? I get I get uh, recognized mostly just because people are like, are you a wrestler? You look familiar. Are you a wrestler? I'm like, fucking right. I'm a wrestler. You want a body slam? Huh? <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit of both. I still get recognized for the MTV. I, I took a plane recently and um, some kid sat next to me and he asked me if I if I did MTV and I'm like yeah yeah, yeah that was me, and I actually had it out with one of the uh, the baggage handlers. And I'm like that's precious cargo. You gotta check it. Don't be throwing my bag. And he goes like oh boy. And then we ended up sitting next to each other. And I said like, let me ask you a question. I says when you saw that, were you like holy shit? He really is like he is on TV. <laughs> but he's like no, I understand. But no, I get recognized for a little bit of both. And um, I don't know that too many, uh, not too many people come up to me about the raw appearance and stuff like that. But I think just in general, they've seen me around. Uh, they see me on uh, TV here and there. I don't know. But mostly, yeah, people take one look at me and be like, he's, a, he's, he's somebody, he's a wrestler. You know, it's funny that like wrestlers have. Stopping wet when I'm working out. So I got that look, I guess. I'm the most it's, intense it... motherfucker in here, so. <laughs> I've seen it in your promos on YouTube um, when you're hyping up for a match or you're getting ready for a feud. Uh, so with the whole MTV thing, um, yeah. how did you end up on an episode, True Life, I have an anger management problem? 
did they recruit you or someone sent in a video of you yeah. flipping out on somebody? Yeah, there was um, there was uh, a fax that remember faxes? <laughs> yes. This is back in 2007, there was a fax that came in at this bullshit gym I was working at, and um, I thought it was a joke, really. And uh, the guy that was uh, managing the place, some fat schlub, <laughs> no, no name fucking jabroni. Um, he gives me a piece of paper, and I thought it was a joke. I thought he printed it out. It says, "Do you have a temper? Do you want to be on TV?" I'm like, get the shit out of here. Oh, like, uh, my you know. God. And, and I'm like, I, I don't want, uh, I'm like, this has got to be a joke. He goes, no, no, this really came in. He goes, you, you say you want to be on t television, right? He goes, I don't know. Maybe this will help you get noticed. I'm like, I don't want to be noticed for this shit. I'm like, yeah, you know what? People judge me as it is. I was like, let me give it a shot. I, was like, I guarantee you I'm going to get on that show. And then, like, I wrote, like, um, a letter to the guy, an email, actually. But I wrote it, like, in capital letters, lowercase letters. It looked like a ransom note. And then I just put like one of my pictures in there and, uh, and he wrote me back the next day that it was pretty, um, pretty captivating. And, uh, we got along pretty well, but, um, I didn't know that the title was going to be named that until a month before they actually aired it. So he was actually oh, geez. Yeah, was following me around with a camera for about eight months. Does this make you angry? Does that make you upset? I'm like, no, man, it isn't Tourette's. I'm like, I live in fucking Brooklyn, New York. You, 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 you follow me around with the cameras making me angry <laughs> well he tried to he tried to entice me to get me to get pissed off at every little thing i'm like i'm really a calm nice guy man i'm a good guy not a nice guy let's let's uh, let's make sure we don't get that well, um, well that leads me that leads me to my question like i always have i always question how reliable uh reality tv using air quotes um yeah. how with the cameraman, with the producers, how much did they try to get you to act a certain way or poke or point you in this right direction? Like, oh, this asshole said this about you. Or yeah. um, I remember they had interactions with your family on that episode, too. So how much it was, quote unquote, stage or was it all you um, at the producer's design? Because we had a friend that was on reality TV and it didn't work out too well for him. So. Yeah, well, I could say my episode, um, I mean, the edit, it's usually how, it, how it's edited. Uh, I would say editing-wise, like, there were some things that I said, um, like, about how, like, I was training people, and a lot of them don't appreciate what I do, and that can lead to frustration at work. Uh, but I, he, he dubbed that audio over when I was training my favorite client, this lady. Um, fuck, I forgot her name so long ago. Super sweetheart of a of lady, Russian lady. And, uh, you know, she got offended. She goes, Johnny, you really feel that way? I'm like, no, no, no. He just took audio off of something and put it over our clip, I says. But uh, and it was one of the moments where she was lifting incorrectly. I was like, I ah, just put it down. You're going to get hurt because I'm, I'm like a, I'm a direct guy. Like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them later and be like, I didn't mean anything offensive by that. Just I got to keep you. I didn't say you got an hour to work out. So let's just, you know, get that shit out of the way and get, keep you safe. But uh, yeah, she she almost was crying, and she felt like I meant that about her. And so in that case, I think um, I think the way they edit uh, reality TV can come across as bullshit. But as far as I'm concerned, I I can't speak for everybody else, but my episode, uh, all the content that I did film um, unedited was all real and all me. And like I said, we went eight months without me doing anything. The only thing I did on that show that came close to like, oh, you know, he's uh, he's fucking insane or whatever. I ain't insane. I'm fucking passionate. And I was selling $10,000 worth of membership that I saw this much. It's fucking frustrating. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would have to punch in each individual session and I would get like maybe 25 bucks out of it or whatever. 
And these, I mean, that place took home 10 grand, you know, of, of, and I didn't see anything of it. So yeah, it's frustrating. I don't know, like uh, these people weren't even coming in to work out. Like I was like $3,000 a pop. I was selling membership, uh, training membership, and they wouldn't come in. So I'm like, who the fuck has $3,000 just to throw down and not even come to the yeah, gym? Right. I mean, you see people spending 10 or $20 a month in membership and they don't come in. But I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. I didn't see any of it. So yeah, it got frustrating after a while. Um, but, uh, you know, they're out of business. And it's just funny. It's, uh, the only thing I did on the show was throw my hat, my shirt. It was just symbolic because I earned that hat. He goes, oh, if you break the rookie record, we'll give you a fitted hat. It was just a goof. So I was like, fuck it, I'll earn it. And then, like, I just, the shirt was just symbolic for the place. I was just like, take your fucking shirt, take your hat. But, uh, and then I punched a sign, um, uh, a telephone uh, booth. And I went on record. I think we did a marathon show, like, uh, for MTV True Life the next month where I just openly admitted that was a bad decision. I don't, I don't recommend anybody do that shit. It taught me a lesson. My hand was hanging like this. Like Ow. I put it back up, it would hang. Yeah. I, I fractured my, uh, all three fingers across and my wrist. You had a broken wrist, no fucking jokes. Uh, and then, yeah, so it was a dumb, dumb decision, but that was the only thing I did. So as far as like people coming up to me and go, oh, you have an anger problem. I ain't got a fucking problem. The person that's uh, opposite of me has a problem, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't uh, look at it like that. It's not Tourette's. It's just, you know, stand up for what you believe in, stand up for yourself. And uh, funny enough, when I did that episode, WWE reached out to me because I was looking into some tryouts and training with them. And uh, I got both. But uh, they said, are you the guy from MTV? And I'm like, well, yeah. They go, is that going to be an issue? I'm like, absolutely not. I was like, I just, you know, I live in New York. You know, uh, we're frustrated. He has a lot of people on top of a lot of people. And I just stand up for myself. I don't take crap, you know. And she goes, well, we like that. So... You know, yeah, so I just don't like the title of it. But um, honestly, 95% of the feedback has been great up until like a few weeks ago on a plane. So it was pretty sweet. 13 years later, somebody's saying nice things, you know. Just yeah, a, and now you were, go ahead, Jerry. Just had a quick uh, follow up question to that. So as you were getting yourself like within the WWE world and coming from the perspective of having to showcase in quotations what your real life was like on true life. What was it like taking acting classes to kind of cater yourself to like a WWE community? Like what was like the different process in that as far as getting yourself into that like motion? I have no idea. I never took an acting class. Oh, wow. That's all. Wow. This is all me. It's improv. What it, what, if, you're, if you're referring to like uh, what I do behind a camera, like my, my promos, I speak from my heart, man. I speak off the top of my head. Usually it's just a one taker. And um, I, I did like so many of these episodes for the Johnny Knockout reality episodes when I didn't make the tryout. Um, like I was just like, well, I got to do something to get my face out there. And I kept the fan base going, but I did it through webisodes. And the whole basis behind the Johnny Knockout reality, which they're all on private right now. I could I could unprivate them, make them public so people could look at them. I remember seeing them on YouTube. I remember you, uh, you, you posted those, yeah. But um, the whole thing was just unedited. Um, so you got people running up and down the stairs unedited and just like if I fuck up like that's that's life it's, re it's real it's reality that's true reality and then I got so comfortable in front of the camera so now when you see me cut promos no no acting classes at all wow. man what I do isn't an act it's all it's, like I said it's all straight from who I am as an individual and I might wear a mask in the ring sometimes I may carry a body bag out I may paint my face up that's just an extension of my in internal conscience um, I know it sounds weird, but like we get to be more real in the ring than we are in real life. You know, you go to your day-to-day -day jobs 
myself included. And it's like, oh, you got to say sorry for this or that. It just becomes like a normal fucking thing you say to a customer just yeah. to make them feel at ease and happy. I feel like that pe- real life is fake. And wrestling is like the realest fucking thing to me, man. So, um, uh, I, st- I, I don't know if I went off topic. I, I tend to like. No, that's I, I, no I we go all over the place. Answer. Okay. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin always said, um, you, 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 you usually have the best in the ring when you're an extension of yourself yeah. turned up to 11. So yeah. when you're when you're in the you touched upon this a little bit already. So when you're in the ring or cutting a promo, how much of uh is how much of you is an extension of you in real life with the volume turned up in the ring? He says eleven, I say twenty nine. Because that's my favorite Deep. number, and I'm that intent. <laughs> yeah. Crazy man. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I just have I just have unmatched enthusiasm. <laughs> and you're also from New York, and you and and you say what's on your mind, like like the three of us are too. Staten you're Island for the three right? of us. Oh, yeah. you're in Staten Island now. Were you always uh, in Staten Island? Always on Staten Island, but we, we've gone to Brooklyn too. a lot. Yeah, I used to live. I used to live off of Victory Boulevard, um, uh, Westcott Boulevard. I used to live. Uh, you know where uh, Alfonso's Bakery is in, on Victory? Yes. Yeah, so oh yeah, exactly. Oh, the three. Common Stable. Yeah, I uh, the best fucking bakery, man. Um, uh, but I live like three quarters of a mile from there, in like off of uh, Victory, like on West. Coast. What part of Bro- what part of Brooklyn are you originally from? Brooklyn. I'm uh, originally from Bensonhurst, 18th Avenue uh, and 72nd between 18 and 19. And then you know I moved around. I uh, did Dyka Heights uh, most recently before I moved here to Florida. Oh wow! So yeah, my family's from that area mostly. Also Gravesend as well, and obviously okay. still have friends and friends in that area too, where we met you through our mutual friend. We, you know, we were uh, good friends with Danielle, of course. Yeah, Danielle, great girl. Yep. Awesome girl. Oh, I think I'll be doing um, a future podcast with her as well. Oh yeah, you were mentioning that when we were planning yeah. this. Um, I, speaking I, of, I mentioned to how I was doing this. She put you guys over. Uh, a lot, and then I, I asked her when we were going to do ours, and she never wrote back. So, don't she, worry, she, she's you know, very creative. She, I know, she has, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. So, speaking of Brooklyn, um, when you were uh, at the beginning Somebody stages of your Brooklyn beaten, that's what I gotta say <laughs> right now. I need a fucking ring. <laughs> now, when you were at the beginning stages of your of, of your wrestling training, uh, one website um said that you got you had some training with Johnny Rods. Yeah, two months, but um, not not so much Johnny. It was uh, because you know he's an older guy, he's an older man, and uh, he he. I learned more from him sitting in his office, but I wanted to be in the ring. He would tell me that, oh brother, he goes, you're gonna learn more sitting down talking to me. I'm like, yeah, Johnny, but I want to go take bumps and learn how to fall and shit like that. Um, but uh, he actually compared me to like a young Chris Benoit with my intensity, oh, wow. which is a great it's a it's a great compliment wrestling wise because he was one of my favorites. Um, but um, I think, like, the best ever wrestler. And that goes for keeping Kurt Angle in mind, too. But, um, yeah, no, I had a couple of months uh, training there, and I left because the guys were giving me – fuck, put me in headlocks. I couldn't get out of it. They put me – give me a back elbow when I tried to get out of it, blacking my eye up. And I'm like – they were like, oh, come to training. I was literally eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I lost 25 pounds. Um, I was traveling two and a half hours to and from just to get to training. And I didn't feel right because I didn't pay off all the money for it. So, like, I would only come once in a while when I could. 
And I know it's no excuse, but the guys used to be real dicks. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing either. So it's like the blind leading the blind. And I got frustrated. I'm like, you know, if you don't let me out of this hold, I'm going to get out and you're not going to like what happened to you. So they let loosen up and then they back elbow me and they, oh, sorry. So one time one guy pissed me off and uh, he took a cheap shot at me. I grabbed this guy by his ears, both sides. And they had like eight guys, literally, uh, legitimately uh, uh, pull me off of him. Somehow he ended up with a black guy. I don't know. I'm not trying to say it to be funny, but I must have spazzed out or something. But I don't remember. But he had a black guy. And I just thought to myself, you know what? This is not what I'm here for. I'm here to learn. These guys are a bunch of douchebags. And they suck. They're horrible. They would suck. They just were the worst. Um, they didn't know what they were doing. So I, I packed up and I moved everything from Brooklyn. I left a lot of shit behind. Left my apartment. And I went and I moved to, to Florida. And uh, I got trained by FCW, which is now known as NXT. NXT. I got trained by yep. WWE, by Steve Kern and Norman Smiley. Those are my trainers. What did you, so, think, of the FCW, what did you think of the FCW documentary oh, they did? Oh, it's awesome, man. Yeah, really cool. I like how they did that. So many great guys have come from FCW. You know, the first guy I met there was Bray Wyatt. Oh, Super wow. nice guy, man. Yeah, he was known as uh, Duke Rotunda back then with the long blonde hair and everything. He, he had like a southern gimmick with him and his brother Bo. And uh, super nice guy. And um, every time I would come to practice or come to one of the shows to help out, he'd be like, hey, Johnny Knockout. You know, he, he made me feel at home, that guy. And he's never changed. When I see him, I saw him most recently at uh, a SmackDown. Getting kind of loud here. Uh, loud like Johnny Knockout. But, um, <laughs> saw him most recently when he was the heavyweight champ as the Fiend. Same, same super nice guy. Asked him about his kids, his married life, all that. Oh, we got wrestling playing in the background. You see that? Oh, that's your house. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. I have AEW Diamond. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Very I cool. feel like I feel like most if you I feel like most of the pro wrestling community, at least if you have a name for yourself, lives in Florida, especially around Tampa and Orlando. And you and you, yeah. you and you just told us, you know, about how did you get into FCW and able to train with WWE developmental guys, even though you weren't on the contract yourself? Right. Well, um, I, we had to pay for it, had to pay for our training, uh, like any other school. And we had to be part of like a select few. I think there was like 30 to a class or something. So when I applied for the tryout, when I did the MTV thing, I got, I got the tryout. And then they gave me a couple of days of work, which I did a televised show, an ECW match. I think you were there, right? Where I wore the tidy white. No, I was at the Raw, I was at the Braun Strowman show. You were at that one. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, and it wasn't tidy white, it wasn't in my underwear. It's the first time I wore trunks, but they were white trunks, solid white trunks. Um, and then uh, we I had applied for can you hear me even though the music, yeah, yeah, okay, we can hear you, yeah, uh, okay. This is what happens when you when you do this in a public venue, um, but yeah, so I, I, I applied, I got the uh, the tryout, and I told him, let me hold off on that, let me get some training first, and then that was it. I made it into the class with a friend of mine. And uh, we just moved. We moved with every cent. Uh, I think I had like 80 bucks in my name, in my pocket. I didn't have money to turn on the uh, the um, the hot water, the heat, because it was like 14 degrees when we got there. We moved January 1st in 2010. Oh my God. It was just as cold in Florida as it was in New York. It was fucking insane. Um, and we couldn't eat. I think I was eating like, uh, I got like a, a thing full of cookies, like at the family dollar or something. And like ramen noodles uh, in cold water was just like our like dinner, and like we'd sleep it off, and then like within four days I got a job, and it was just crazy. And there was like balls to the walls, like uh, you hit the ground running. 
but I, I, I did it all for wrestling. I did it all for the training. That's how I started. And um, I actually got the idea from, you know, Eugene, Nick Dinsmore. Oh, yeah. Well, I worked a show with him in Pennsylvania, and uh, I asked him what his advice would be on what schools I should train at. So he said OVW, where he trained at the time, uh, the Harley Race School, or he goes, if you feel like you're ready for an FCW. And I'm like, well, I don't know that I'm ready for it, but what's a better time to be ready than right fucking now? I'm like, I'm going right, I'm going all in. And I, so I just moved. And then the rest is, like they say, history. So I, I think it was a great choice. So, Christian, so, you wanted so, to end- so you said, so you said all in, does that mean you're, you're going, you're going to AEW as everyone says? <laughs> no, they don't own those fucking words. No, in fact, <laughs> And I hope somebody of them is watching. Get your fucking heads out of your goddamn ass. Because I wrote them a fucking email about two months ago. It was nice. It was cordial. You know, I told them I like their production. I like their work. I like their passion. I'd like to be part of it. They told me we really appreciate it. You know, we have you on file. We're not looking for anybody right now. Every fucking week, they got somebody new, some new fucking face. So I don't know. There's some fucking jamoke or some schmuck there that don't fucking like Johnny. But that ain't news. That ain't new to me. It's like Macho Man used to say, oh, they don't like me. Get in line. It's a long one. I don't give a fuck. I won't say the name, but you've told me somebody previously that somebody you fucking can't stand that works for that company. So. Oh, there's a few of them. And I'm going to slap the fucking shit out of them when I see them. Legit. I'm going to hurt these motherfuckers. Oh, no. Well, well, at, least, at least it won't happen in a locker room. I catch them in a parking lot or something. I'm going to fuck them up. But they shall remain the, nameless because they're fucking nobodies. The frustrating I'm, thing... Uh, the frustrating thing, you're in Florida. You can easily get the Jacksonville. Yeah. And they have like 20 matches every week on, on Dark. Uh, AEW Dark. Thanks, Christian. I, and, I ain't bothering me, though. I, I honestly don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care if I ever wrestle another day in my life. I don't give a shit. And that's a, that's a good way to live, too, not caring. Because as soon as I started feeling like that, I started putting out promos anyway just for fun. And I got a couple of bookings just like that. And I actually, they're going to be regular bookings every single month. And one of them so, is, uh, well, I haven't debuted yet, so I'm kind of keeping it on the wraps, but it's in Orlando. And um, I'm still on good terms with WWE. Uh, it's, I think they're starting to get some, uh, you know, free uh, freelance talent now back on the show. So I think it's only a matter of time before I get called up to work with them again. And then all it is, when they're ready, they're ready. Who knows? It might all be uh, just in my mind, which, let's face it, it's fucking not. Something's over there. Somebody's talking shit. But you know what? Once I do another television appearance and then they want to call Uncle JKO, then it's going to be like, all right, I'm good to go. But, you know, just keep your head on straight, you know? I don't, how, I was don't it work- how, how was it working the role on the ground with Alistair Black and Shane oh, McMahon? That was a lot of fun, man. In fact, I got along with everybody so well. I was just like, man, it'd be nice to fucking work here. I was like, I wonder if they're going to offer me a contract because I was just getting along with everybody. Um, uh, it's just like I fit, uh, which I know I do, but like... Um, you know, the way I carry myself, a lot of people don't. A lot of people are too timid, scared. They keep their hands in their pockets, hands under their armpits. I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's do this, you know? It was only a 12-second little clip. If you blink, you'd miss it. You couldn't see my face. But, you know, I worked pretty well with Alistair. The guy, Tommy Andy, he's a good guy. It's a shame he's not on TV right now. And if I had more time, it would have been a fucking nice match, man, a back and forth. But, you know, I was there for a purpose, make him look good. And I think I did that. I mean, he kicked my ass in 12 seconds. So I think I made him look good. If that was a real fight, it would, have had a, it would have had a different outcome. And yeah, Tommy, I mean it. Nah, he's a he's a good guy. He is pretty good. But I uh, he, he looked out for me too as a professional. But um, yeah, I'd like to get back there. 
Raw Underground was fucking great. In fact, I reached out to them and tell them this is up my alley. You know, I taped the fist. I have the, the brawler mindset, the style. Um, if you can find a spot for me, I, I'm more than ready. So Now, you out. have a working relationship for them for years now, and I've yeah. seen your extra work, the, the Braun Strowman thing, which we'll get to in a moment, uh, the ECW appearance when they gave you – they couldn't give you a more indie name than Johnny Andrews. Um, Thank you. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Don't name. punch me. Andrew's my middle name. No, it's my middle name, so I put an S on it because they had the knockouts division with TNA at the time. They're like, ah, we can't use knockout. I was like, okay. I was like, how about Johnny Andrews? Because I didn't want them coming up with a name for me, like Fang McFrost. (laughs) Fang McFrost. So how frustrating is it? Like, you know people there. They know you. They know you work. And you've done so much extra work for them. And I've heard other stories in other interviews. But from here, somebody in the industry, how frustrating is it? You know, they haven't offered you a contract. Uh, or if you go to a tryout and they say, oh, we like you. So you're not what we're looking for at this time. Yeah, I had that, too. That was fucking depressing. I changed my, my ring name to Rip High for, like, eight months. And then I changed it back. And I'm like, Johnny Naka hasn't gotten me anywhere. But um, I shaved my head and everything, and I'm like, ah, quit being a little bitch. I'm like, Johnny Knock, that's the fucking name. Just uh, reestablish yourself. So I was, uh, I think I started calling myself uh, the real rebel after that. <clears throat> I went back into just who I am, and I took off all the paint. Well, actually, I keep the paint, but just changed it up a little bit. Um, I, I guess it could be frustrating if you let it, but like, like I said, you'd be a little bitch. Everybody has it in time, you know? Um, I don't want to use platitudes that everybody's heard before, but what do they say? Rome wasn't built in the day. Um, you had guys like the Keith Lee. He heard three no's on his tryouts. Did it stop him? No. You know, he's a Keith Lee is a fucking beast, man. Yeah, he's a great, he's a great wrestler. He's, um, you know, he's a powerhouse. He's got a unique uh, skill set, move set. Nice guy, super cool, super good guy. Um, you know, it's just timing. Uh, my, my scout, actually, William Regal, he, uh, he said, look, don't be upset if they say no. It could be no right now. Maybe three months, six months, nine months, a year or two down the line at the end. So it's all casting is what he said. And honestly, that's what wrestling has turned into. It's like a fucking TV show. It's casting. So <laughs> I know I'm great for it. I know that I'd, I'd come off really well on television. But a lot of times they have the most incredible talent that they don't do shit with. Like I said, Alistair Black, for whatever reason, he's not on TV. The guy's incredible. Um, now, so I don't, now, you touched on, uh, you know, uh, when you everything you say, you shoot straight from the heart, right from the head, and WWE would be a good fit. But everybody, everybody always talks about everything is so scripted, or you can pitch an idea, but you have to do everything word from word. Yeah. Uh, how do you compromise if they if you did end up working for them full time one day? How do you compromise what you want to do and what know what you can do to their system? Well. It's a business, and it's not my business. It's Vince McMahon's business. So if that's what he wants to do, it's like it's like going to a movie set and playing Wolverine and saying, "Oh, I, I fucking know how to do Wolverine. I read the comics." And whoever made the movie, I don't know. Um, or let's say Batman, because Christopher Nolan. You try to tell him how you got to play Batman. It's like motherfucker, this is my movie. Can you do the job? Can you do it well? Okay, that's why Christian Bale was the man as Batman. Michael Keaton too. The Tim Burton ones, but uh, I look at it like that. It's their company. Would I have great ideas? Yeah, but let me earn my earn my stripes and earn that trust, and then I can give feedback. But I think even John Cena himself, like he does what they ask him. I'm sure he's got pull, but I'm sure at the end of the day that it's somebody else's vision, and he's just you got to be the best uh, candidate for it. 
So um, scripted, I don't know, it, become, it became a thing where, yeah, it, it seems kind of silly when you hear some guy going suffering, suffering, suck a fish or some stupid shit like that. But, you know, oh, now, Roman. Now, now he's doing more, I think, with him. But I don't really know because I'm not in their shoes. I don't know what's being said to them. I don't know what they're saying on their own. But I think he's earned his, his stay enough to know that what he's doing now is, is the good stuff. Um, yeah, he's, I think he's it could be a lot less work. Could be a lot better. He's no Johnny Knockout, but you know who is? <laughs> who is? Christian, Christian, I know you wanted to ask him about the Braun Strowman Raw with the big sweaty man comment. Kind oh of. yeah, I I remember uh, I remember watching that, and I think Joe, I think you texted me like, "Yeah, he's from Brooklyn." I go, "Really?" And he goes, and he goes the same people and stuff. Was that line scripted? Did they tell you to go out there and just say, like, shoot from the head and, like, say what's in your mind? Or did you have to, did you have to pitch that? What do you think? Probably shot from the hip, right? What do you think, Joe? No, what do you no think? I, I, think, I think they said, say, say what's on your mind, and, and, you, and, you, and that's what you said, to, to get attention for yourself and put yourself over and stand out from all the other guys. Braun Strowman was uh, squashing at the time to build them Look, up. Look, I'm, so. I'm a fucking wise ass. I say what I want. I do what I want. In fact, I'm walking here to the gym. I'm, there's a parking lot. You got to drive up, you know, up to the second, the mezzanine or whatever the hell it's called, the second floor. And it says specifically on the signs, no walking down the ramp. Like, there's a staircase. I ain't, can't find the fucking staircase. I ain't trying to look for the staircase. I know one direction. That's out. That's down the, uh, down the ramp. I'm walking the ramp. And these two old people, well, middle-aged, nah, they're on their way to death. They're old. And, <laughs> and the lady just says out loud, she goes, oh, don't walk down the walk ramp. And I looked over. I was like, oh, well, I'm a fucking rebel. I'm going to do what I want. That includes walking down a fucking ramp when it says don't walk. That's, that's me. I'm a wise ass. I say what I want. I do what I want. When I got in that ring, fuck Braun Strowman. Huh? I'm the monster. <laughs> Hey, it's like when it's like when hardcore Holly used to go around slapping the shit on the big show in pain. I'm the big shot around here. In fact, I thought if he were just gonna shoot on me in the ring, I'd be like, we're gonna have a nice fight. Now he was a cool guy though, but like, you know, it's the jungle, man. And I, I don't answer to anybody but myself, man. It's like Steve McQueen says, I live for myself and I answer to no one. So I went out, I said what I had to say, and it, it, you know, what is someone gonna do? When they go, oh, why do you want to fight me? Well, because I like big sweaty guys. Maybe he doesn't want to put his hands on me after that. Maybe I have the edge on him. But it turns out the rib was on me because there wasn't even a house mic. Only the people at home heard that shit. Right. Wow. Everybody in that crowd would have been chanting big sweaty men. But that night was for Braun. It wasn't about. So if they would have heard that, I would have been the one that was getting cheered for. But they still cheered for me anyway. Uh, yeah, they no. Just didn't I know my name. I, I was gonna say, like, I I didn't know that that was just for the people at home, but that really, yeah, yeah that 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 got you. You were like way over. I everyone was cheering for you. Like, I, I was really like, because normally oh. normally you don't hear like the person that's that's putting up the other guy get get a pop that loud. Yeah. And well, I, I was really I was shocked. I was I was very happy. I guarantee if they were heard, they would have been chanting it because uh, I think like two and a half months later, I did NXT. And guess what they were shouting? They were chanting in the crowd. They were chanting. Big sweaty men. Big sweaty men. Yeah. Yeah. So those those people that heard it on TV that saw me in person afterwards would say. Um, I tried to make a gimmick out of it. Although, like I said, everything comes naturally for me. 
I'm not into gimmicks. I'm all about being genuine and authentic. But I would, I came out with like a spray bottle, and I would just try to heal it up and be like, "You're big enough, but you're not sweaty enough. Come over here." I grab back <laughs> the spray bottle. I was gonna sell the spray bottle for like five bucks a pop, just slap an old knockout uh, logo on there. But it was kind of cheesy, and I tried it at like a WWE tryout. They were like. <laughs> so yeah i was like great i'm like i did it on your television and then you're telling me like oh man it's cheesy so go figure uh, out it when you work with nxt and the, and, the, and the extra work um how, how, uh, how's it what's it like inside the performance center i know you we talked about we're on the ground briefly but... yeah i had my tryouts there man it was great um it's uh it's a unique experience i mean they have like a combine kind of like this kind of like the gym down here but they right. have the tires and stuff, and then they have all the weights. It kind of looks like this in there. I mean, it's more it's more compact. It's not as big as this, but um, uh, they have like four or, or six rings in there. Um, and the tryouts, we go from one ring to the next, run in, run out. If we had certain drills, we maybe had to run through all four rings. Um, all different styles. Uh, no rest. Can't even have a drink of water. Uh, a couple of times, I legit thought I was going to fucking pass out. It was probably the most grueling, toughest experience I ever had. But I was in great shape, and I was ready for it. Um, I was doing, like, uh, like uh, burpees, like float-over burpees. Like, you, jump, you drop down, pop up, you hop over, um, like, uh, one of the guys or whatever, and you go the opposite way. I did, like, 62 of those in a row in a gym one time just to prepare myself. But they changed it up for every tryout. But all I know is yeah. I was prepared for it. I was doing an ab, uh, an ab uh, plank challenge, and somebody suggested, oh, well, you know, you got the tryout coming up. Maybe give the plank challenge a rest. I'm like, fuck that. I'm on a 30-day challenge. This is like day 25. I'm not stopping. So I would hold the plank for like five, five and a half minutes. So when we had to do push-ups, it was like down, up, down, up. And if one guy out of like the 60 was off, we started from one again. I had NFL players. You know the guy Moose? And yeah, yep. Moose, I'm going to call you out if you ever see this. Uh, he was fucking dying, hanging on to me. And I'm like, come on, man. You played in the NFL. Fucking get your shit together. And I, I was fine I was because I was doing the plank challenge. I was good. I was prepared in my own way. Um, but it, it's a really cool experience. Um, they fucking try to break you, and I knew that. And I'm not going to get broken. Uh, I never will be. That's for Matt Hardy. And um, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Matt Hardy. Also another good guy. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. And like I said, there's a weight room. There's a few rings in there. And it's just all for trying to break you and blow you up. Because when you're out in front of thousands of people, you can't take a fucking piss break. You can't take a water break. You can't stop and nope. catch your breath. So they want to really put you to the test. I almost ripped my groin doing um like the sled pushes i wasn't I didn't really have any experience in fact i had zero experience with sled pushes they only had like 45 pounds on it i was dying and i'm not afraid to admit it so whoever lost the race um you had to start again so i i was the only guy that won three races oh my god dying but then cheering me on come on go 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 like getting like robbie brooks i was like come on come on i love that shit uh, chad gable um i saying his name right yeah he was uh one chad of gable he was my coach, and um, he, you know, he was an Olympian. But he, me and him, like, looked at each other, and he knew, like, he believed in me because he knows I have that warrior mentality. So it was cool, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I didn't, I didn't rip my groin, but I thought to myself, fuck, if I do, I do. This is my, might be my one shot 
and uh, my groin will grow back, I guess. Sorry, ladies, for a little bit, but it'll be all right again. <laughs> so know? in these grueling challenges, how much of it is more drills compared to actual bumping and ma- doing a match and cutting a promo? Because it sounds like, like, like you said, it sounds like they're uh, trying to rip you down uh, yeah. with these drills. So how much more drills are you doing more than actual uh, bumps in the ring? Well, it wasn't so much bumps. It was, like you said, the conditioning drills. Um, one of them was called the grape squishes. We held on to the top rope, and we just ran in place. But the point was, you know what high knees are? You, you know, you run in place. Oh, yeah. yeah. Up past your hip. Um, we had to do those for, like, I think, 45 seconds to a minute, a pop. And then we had to run out, get into the next ring, and do them again. And it was our it was our job, if we were outside the ring, to fucking coach the guys that are in the ring to keep them going, keep them motivated. And we had to do this whole thing with a smile on our face. Because that's the thing. At the end of a match, when you're all blown up and, oh, my God, where am I? You're a baby face. You got to be smiling. You got to be showing them pearly whites. You got to project that I'm, you know, I'm happy. I'm a good guy. You know what I mean? So there's a lot that goes into it that a lot of people don't respect. I mean, obviously, we all respect wrestling. There's a lot of people that watch TV. Oh, I can do it. Fuck, no, you can't do it. And there's a lot that goes into it, just, just then the physicality. There's the business mindset to it. There's, um, you know, what, what you want to project emotionally, uh, you know, through your facial expressions, things like that. Um, being accountable, uh, being a team player for other people, because if somebody falls, you're going to pick them up. So they were really big on that, too, just coaching other guys. And you got to be coachable to yourself. So all around, man, yeah, not only was it grueling, but it was good for the mind, too. And as a person, Jer- it makes you a better person. Jerry, you can do, Jerry, you can do, you can do all those workouts. You're the gym rat among us, right? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously not. So that's definitely going to take its own lifestyle. So coachable, we're going to definitely have to step up and be a leader on that one. Oh, no problem. Well, that's the thing. Uh, everybody needs everybody. That's why we do the handshakes in the locker room. And somewhere along the way, it's lost its tradition because there's a lot of scumbags and wannabes and jerk-offs in fucking wrestling. And maybe that's why they don't like me. Oh, too fucking bad, man. You need more (laughs) real men. You need more real men in wrestling and more accountable men and more people that want to help others. Because I'd rather lend a helping hand than point a finger at anybody. I don't like to point fingers. I don't. But um, you piss me off and you start with me. I can finish a fight. I never start fights. But, yeah, wrestling is great, man. Um, I love to do it. But, like I said, if I never wrestle another match, I'm okay with that. But I have a feeling that it's good. It's, uh, I have a lot, more, a lot more to go, a lot more fun shit to show. So, John, you're either a very good heel or would make a very good anti-hero or a tweener because oh. of how great you you express yourself in promos. Like, you're, you're cutting a promo on us, and we're not even – and we're not even <laughs> stepping in the ring with you right now. This is, this is me in real life. That's why even my own mother would say, Johnny, you got to separate. That's exactly how she talks. By the way. Johnny, you got to separate the wrestler from the real person. I'm like, Ma, it's who I am. I super kicked the fucking doctor when I was, when I was given birth to him. So he tried to slap me <laughs> on my fucking ass. Are you kidding me? Super kick. Uh, I didn't even slap the leg. I just gave it to him right on the chin. Another question. Another question that came to my mind was unless you're in the business like yourself, grinding and doing the work and not a mark like Christian and myself. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, if that's the uh, case, all marks. Rick Flair himself has said he's a mark. Everybody's a mark. Everybody takes a fucking selfie as a mark. Okay? We're all marks. 
There you go. Um, what's the one thing a fan, unless you're taking bumps in the ring or, you know, traveling, you know, five hours for a $20 payday, what's one thing a fan will never understand unless you're in the business putting in the work? Groupies, ugly fat groupies. They'll never understand <laughs> the pain that it causes. Uh, that when I, I gotta see these imagine. ugly, toothless groupies. Now, what 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 the, wouldn't they understand is uh, just the non-glamorous lifestyle that is wrestling. They think it's like just because people are cheering for them, like oh they're so great, or people would be like jealous of them, you know, because oh well, fuck them. It's not everything it's cracked up to be. Like you said, driving 50, uh, five hours for a $20 payday. Hey, I'd like to get that $20 payday. I drove 10 hours one fucking way and I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid. Did they just give you a hot dog? Not even a hot dog, not even half a hot dog, not even a handshake. I wanted to backhand him across his fucking mouth. The guy started crying. He tried to lie to me. Tell all your partner says, first of all, I don't have a partner. He goes, your buddy, um, uh, he, I already told him I'll be mailing you the money. I'm like, my friend didn't tell me shit, and he wouldn't accept that if you knew him. We, he wanted to beat his ass. I was the voice of reason. Can you imagine? I was like, we're a couple of Yankees in North Carolina. They're going to want to arrest us. I was like, let's get the fuck home. So I was like, look, man, obviously you're not a good businessman. I'm like, keep our fucking money. You're never going to see us again. Make sure you give us the $300 travel at a cost. Because I paid $80 in snacks just to get us here. I said, so give us the money. I was like, you live here. Tell the building that you're going to owe them money and you can pay them next week. Get us home. Keep my pay. You'll never see my face again. And then we got back. And everybody else just took it on the chin. Oh, we're not going to... We got. We didn't get paid. You guys got paid and they were all jealous. I'm like, you fat fucks want to sit in the hotel and eat Hot Pockets. We sat outside for three hours and got our, got our pay. Well, we didn't get our pay, but we got our money to get back home. So... So that's, oh, that's something fans wouldn't understand, that it's not all that's cracked out to be, cracked up to be. Um, and, like, you really, you have to love what you do. And the bumps and the bruises, I don't know. I heard a documentary a long time where uh, Billy Gunn was like, yeah, it hurts every time I fall. I mean, granted, I give a lot of respect to Billy Gunn. He's done it a lot more and a lot more often than I have. But, like, I kind of like the bumps. I don't know if that sounds sadistic or not, but... Um, I don't know. It's just part of the territory, uh, part of the. Uh... How we expect it in a lot of in a lot of cases. So, like, not only are you just used to it, you can kind yeah. of get to those moments where it's just like, all right, yeah, I know what it's gonna be. Why not go through it? <laughs> Who the hell would want to do that to their body? Sick right. fucks. All us wrestlers. But yeah, that's something. That's a couple of things that fans wouldn't understand. They think it's just like glitz and glamour and stuff, and it's like all fame and fortune. I don't know about everybody else. I do. Re- I wrestle because I love it. Yeah, I, I don't make a lot of money doing it. Not yet. So I, I get paid what I'm worth for the most part. But, um, you know, and especially when I work with WWE and have televised matches. I mean, I don't know what else that will get paid that much for 12 seconds of work. I mean, it's, it takes a long time to get that. I mean, that's like 13 years of grind to get that opportunity for that one, one match, one little nugget. But I got paid handsomely, very handsomely for it. So... So uh, with COVID affecting everything in the world in the past year, especially pro wrestling, no exception, and shutting down indie wrestling, how were you able to uh, grind through the past year? I had more work with WWE than I had with the indies. Because WWE, at least, they had a place where they could house talent and put on shows. A lot of independent promotions didn't have the money. They had nobody backing them, covering them. So I worked more with WWE in, uh, in the, the COVID year of 2020 
than I did anywhere else. So that was oh, what else cool. did you? What else did you do for them besides the raw underground um, with Alistair Black? Uh, you did a lot of stuff um, off camera. Yeah, no, I did televised stuff like security work. I did um, I did a thing with Adam Pierce where I was a part of a security team, me and three other guys, and uh, we were guarding Vince McMahon's office. I thought we were actually going to be in the segment with Vince McMahon. Technically, we were, but like we weren't on screen with him. That would have been cool. Um, but uh, funny story, when I seen him in the back, I was just like, hey, man, thanks for working with us. Great. I had a lot of fun. I called Vince McMahon, man, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I was like, can I just fucking address, address this, the owner of a fucking billion-dollar corporation as, hey, man. But that's me. So now, does, uh, now does Vince uh, off-camera uh is he does he have that presence around about him in person yeah most people are just pussies they're just afraid but i'm sure a guy like vince mcmahon doesn't want people kissing his ass unless it's on right. television it's gonna get rating but um i think he respects people from what i understand that actually have a voice of their own but i think you'd have to earn that first you can't just go around it you gotta you gotta be tactful but uh you know i've, I've shaken the man's hand before in the past he seemed like a gentleman to me you know, and uh, a lot of people probably have bad things to say about him. A lot of people have good things to say about him. It's all business, really. And I, I think uh, from what I can tell and the vibe I get from him, he's all business. He's very focused. He usually has a security guy walking with him from place to place. Uh, but that night, that night that I worked uh, there, there was a couple of times where he's walking on his own. But he's just like in another world, which I can understand. You know, he's got a, 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 a multi-billion dollar business on his back with investors and things like that, who he's got to answer to. And that's another reason why things are scripted, too. You don't understand what the guy's got to go through. He's got to answer to a bunch of people. Sometimes in life, like, I mean, that's why he has billions and I don't, because he has to take shit and say yes and no to people. Me, I go, fuck you. I'm not rich like him. But I'd rather tell people, go fuck yourself right now, you know? But maybe also- one day when I don't do that, and I'm just like, yeah, go fuck yourself in my head, and then I go home with a nice paycheck, I don't know. The, uh, I guess but, uh, one thing with Vin- I guess the one thing with Vince that us as fans always forget about he has to answer to a board of directors he has sponsors he has hundreds of employees uh, he runs creative so the list goes on and on and plus the man doesn't fucking sleep so we can only so, imagine yeah. we can only imagine what goes on in his head and his world when he's not on camera so I need to sleep I need like fucking ten hours and I still fucking want to take a nap. So this guy at 77 years old or whatever he is, sleeping three hours a night from what I could hear. Jeez, it's like, and then if he misses one show, I'm sure they said that he missed, uh, he wasn't there for the Royal Rumble or something, but then I saw an article that said that the, the, the corporate... His brother passed away. Out, was his, it, oh, he did? His brother passed, yeah, his brother Rod passed away in Texas. Really? And supposedly oh. he was dealing with that. And oh. I don't know... Uh, I'm just quoting the internet, so like this yeah. is me being a mark right now. So yeah, his brother unfortunately passed away, and uh, Triple and 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 WWE Network uh, the day of the special show, tri- Triple H was the one running things from Gorilla. So so that's why he wasn't at the Rumble, but he was oh, still in contact shame, with everybody. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just thought that because I saw there was an article where they they said the plane was in Saudi Arabia. I was like, maybe he's doing business somewhere else. No, he's sitting home and and putting his feet up. Yeah, but it's it's weird to know that he's not at a show because that's how diligent and hardworking that guy is, and that's like an understatement. So, you know. But yeah, I know you said you're. People I'm talk too ahead. much shit, but they have no idea. Everybody's got their reason, you know. 
so um, I know you've been in Tampa for a long time now, but I'm still. I know you're still in touch with the New York uh, indie scene. So any experience or run-ins? Fuck <laughs> well, those I, assholes in New York. <laughs> That's why I left. Bunch well, I was going to ask you about any. Ex- <laughs> I was going to ask you about any experience with House of Glory or any, ever work a show with Santana and Ortiz. Um. I did do a House of Glory once, and um, the guy never brought me back. And I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think I was around much longer after that. No, it was 2014, and I left at the end of the year. It was okay, but I don't think he had like good feedback for me. From, I don't Amazing know. Red. No, this was the guy. Uh, I forget his name. I don't know. It was another guy, but no, it wasn't Amazing Red. I met him. He was. He seemed okay. But it was a friend of his that that ran it or something. Um, Santana and Ortiz, yeah, I uh, I wrestled the Santana guy. I wrestled him uh, when he was uh, Mike Drastic in um, in a, a Staten Island show in a warehouse, and he was a nice kid. And then Warriors of Wrestling. Way, no, fuck that fucking place. I ever see that fucking little piece of shit Napoleon Complex having cuts up. I'm gonna fuck him up. <laughs> motherfucker tried to kick me in the balls, and I threw him into his fucking steel steel fucking. Uh, is steel cages and I, I whooped his fucking ass because he told kids that I was out in the back drinking. I'm like, Johnny Knockout don't drink. At the time I didn't. And I still don't a lot, but I was like, he was having a, a protein shake. He was a fucking scumbag, that fucking guy, and I'll beat the living fuck out of him if I have a fucking scene again. Well, Jerry has history there. Excuse my, excuse my fucking language, guys. I used to do music shows. I was a promoter like in my college years and maybe like a couple years after. Not one of my favorite venues to work at. I'll put it. I'll put it that no, way. No, he's a he's a he's a legit scumbag. And that day, I got I got uh, I got kicked out of the building. But I got him the fucking camera crew. That when we went all the way to the city, that I put him in front of these people. He was a little pussy. He didn't know what to say. Oh, Johnny, can you talk to me? I'm like, you're the fucking owner of the company. I'm fucking putting you in front of these people. And then they did a documentary without. Like you, you fucking got those people because of me. And then you want to kick me out because he wanted to be a scumbag over what? over my music because I'm like, this is going to make your show better. I have a certain vibe I come out to with my music. You can't change your music every show. I'm like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You're not fucking paying me enough. $15? Go fuck yourself. So he wasn't listening to me. I I fucking, I skyrocketed a fucking chair into this guy. I'm like, now I have your attention, huh? And he wanted to come run at me and I put him in a fucking headlock. And then one other kid wanted to talk shit. He called me a disgrace. I didn't know how to hit the ropes. I slapped, I bitch slapped him across his fat face. I'm like, who's the bitch now? Who's the disgrace now? You just got bitch slapped by a real man, you fat fuck. And then, oh, like, no, wow. I didn't know how to hit the ropes because I was I was being trained by fucking morons. I wasn't really being trained. And then when I got over to FCW, um, who's the guy that used to come out with uh, the guy that became Sin Cara? Camacho, right? Camacho. He's, uh... Yeah. He's uh, who's he the son of? He's the son of Meng, right? Haku. Yeah. yeah he taught me how to hit the ropes, and it was as simple as that. He goes, "You fucking attack those ropes, and then you attack that mat," and like that was it. That's all it took. And then all of a sudden, I'm great at hitting the ropes now, you know. But like I said, I was being trained by morons as the blind leading the blind. But that's why I'm smart enough to get out of there. Well, you had guys there for a decade that didn't even hit the indies. Um, where so- where were we going with that? Oh, okay. No, this was a place just somewhere else. It was called Freedom Championship Wrestling. And then uh, I moved to California for like nine months or whatever. And I found out he was calling me a bitch on the internet, this drastic kid 
And I was like, listen, motherfucker, ever you if you had a problem with me, you should have said something to me when you saw me. I never knew you had a problem with me. I was always nice to you. And I was like, I'll tell you what, next time I'm in fucking New York, I'll let you know. You could do something about it. Well, sure enough, I did. It was at a place called, uh, well, we shall fuck them anyway, because I'm not going to give them any free press. But it was in like um, Sunset, New York and Brooklyn. And uh, he shows up. He was the biggest pussycat. Oh, sorry, bro. You know, I was going through a rough time back then. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I was like, listen, man, I don't hold grudges, but don't talk shit to me like that. And then want to be my just- friend and put your there's hand out shake my hand. I told him, don't, I'm not shaking your hand. And then, there's like, definitely a huge not- difference between, I'm sorry to interrupt you, dude. Okay. Um, uh, there's definitely a huge difference between real tough and internet tough. And yeah. internet tough, everyone they're goes, all- yeah. So, um, if you notice, I don't talk shit on the internet. Even when people talk shit about me, I keep quiet. When I see them in person, I tell them, one day you're going to have to run into me. And when that happens, you're going to have to fucking uh, account for what you're fucking saying. Or writing with I, little fat, fudgy fingers. Because I'm going to break their fucking shit. thumbs and their fingers so they can't type away. I talk shit about Jerry all the time on the internet and to his face. So he deserves it. Yes. He deserves it, Jerry. I do. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so, Johnny, we don't want to... So we don't looks like you're about to we don't want to keep you any longer than we have to. So, oh, is that um, your polite way of saying Johnny get the fuck off the line? I get it. I deal with a lot of girls. That's the same thing to me all the time, Johnny. Don't worry about it. We're in oh, the I'm gonna mode. let you go. That's the nicest way of saying go fuck yourself. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, no, just people like that. I put them in their place, but they're mostly yeah, they're just the telephone tough guys or whatever you want to call them. But I had a good time with you guys. I hope we covered a lot of. Content. We would like to have you back. Uh, we we would like to have you come back on, and and awesome. Jerry has a, and Jerry has a solo podcast too. So you should definitely talk to him one on one as well. Yeah, fucking yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah! Thank you very much for uh, taking your guys' time and giving me your time. And uh, I know I was like thirty minutes late or whatever, um, but I just wanted to make sure I was in a, a proper venue for you, and uh, <laughs> you know something nice, you know. Because I'm very, I'm uh, mobile. I'm always in my car. I'm going places. And I'm like, I want to get to the better spot in my fucking vehicle. So, so AEW, Impact Wrestling, ROH, somebody fucking sign this guy. Yeah. He can talk. He can move around in a ring. He could, he could drop somebody's on their face. So, fuck it. Somebody sign Johnny Knock. And, and, and my, William Regal is my scout. Can you get any better than that? Huh? But that's the William thing. Regal like, has. William Regal, Regal has the knows. keys. To, yeah, he, he has the keys to the kingdom. And well, you know what bring- I want to say? I ain't fucking asking for anything. I don't need a goddamn job. I do just fine on my own. I'm perfectly fine watching YouTube, eating and jerking off whenever the fuck I feel like. I don't give a shit if I'm wrestling with you guys. But if you want to, if you want to put somebody on your TVs that'll fucking bring you ratings, then get your fucking heads out your ass. And if you don't want me to curse, then pay me enough not to. All right. So then, Johnny, is there anything you like to plug, or where could we find you on social media? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not really a a shrill for myself, but uh, since you mentioned it, yeah, you can find all this lovely content and more. Not for kids. Not for kids. Okay. YouTube, we got that covered. It's (laughs) YouTube.com, the real JKO. Facebook.com, the real JKO. Spots are almost out on that one. Uh, Instagram, uh, Rebel JKO. That's R E B E L JKO. And um, my OnlyFans. No, I'm kidding. Fuck <laughs> 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 those prostitutes. Not, you a deal. Not like that. Fuck them. They're probably really dirty. And porn is free. Go to xnxx.com 
Uh, exactly. Uh, I know them all. Porn1.com, xvideos.com. I can go on front on this part. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't go on that. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah, it's YouTube, it's chocolate, it's coffee, and it's good times and working out. Speaking of working out, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go finally get to my workout. This is pre-workout, not that I fucking need. It. But thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Check out those pages if you like wrestling, if you like real talk. And, uh, Johnny, I it's been amazing. Thank you so much for absolutely giving us the pleasure time. to have you, Johnny. Pleasure to be here and pleasure to you know talk with you guys. And you guys have been amazing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.